1: Welcome to the New Books Network.
0: Welcome to a uh, New Work in Digital Humanities, a uh, podcast channel with the New Books Network. I'm uh, Luca Schultz, a uh, lecturer at the University of Manchester, and today I uh, talk with uh, Ross Perfs. Uh, Ross is a professor of geocomputation at the University of Zurich. He has published widely in uh, geographic information science, um, particularly uh, on uh, um, um, topics around geographic information retrieval, um, around the modeling and the representation of vagueness, of ambiguity, and uncertainty in, in geographic information, um, but also on the modeling of environmental processes. The volume that we discuss today, Unlocking Environmental Narratives, is a, a, a volume that uh, Ross edited together with Elgar Koblet and uh, Benjamin Adams um, that is dedicated to the study of human environment directions um, through computational text analysis. And environmental narratives here are understood as written texts that focus on the environment, uh, often describing events and experiences that took place at a particular location or in a, a particular type of location. And this, volume. Um, introduces readers to key techniques in natural language uh, processing um, um um as well as uh, seven applied um, case styles. so uh welcome to the podcast Ross thanks a lot yeah it's nice to be here yeah thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to do this um so um maybe we can we can open the conversation I would like to ask you what what brought you to uh to this project so um
1: so the, the book project um, was, as you said, so the, the, the volume was jointly edited by Olga Kobla, who at the time was doing a PhD in my group, and Ben Adams, who um, works in New Zealand. And the three of us were, so all work more methodologically on text, so we work on myth, but we also had an interest, have an interest in extracting information, for instance, about landscape. And one of the things that we realized was that often the questions that we were asking were maybe a bit naive, or that we needed other people to give us more insight into those questions. And um uh, University of Zurich, um, I, we have relatively generous startup funds that allow us to organize things like workshops. And what we did is we organized a workshop where we invited a group of people, both with strength in the in methodological side of computational text analysis but also a bunch of people who worked on different sorts of applications different sorts of ways of thinking about text um and we had this workshop and the idea from the start was always that the product of the workshop would be this would be a book how exactly that book would look at the end we didn't really know um but what we wanted to do was to to get people together um and in the case studies, that the case studies would always be driven by a question that came from a domain specialist. So, for instance, an environmental historian, someone working on policy and landscape characterization, um, someone working literature. And um, so, we wanted every case study to be driven by a domain specialist and to have people with methodological skills as well. And so, at the workshop, we got people together, um, and that kind of provides the center of the book, these case studies um and that's that's kind of where it all came from i guess the other thing is that we wanted to write a book that would be accessible um to students so that we didn't just want to have case studies but we wanted to have some sort of structure that told the whole story
0: yeah yeah that's that's um that's that's great so um what would you say um, are the key contributions um, um, of this um, of this volume So um
1: I think the most important thing is that we worked really in an interdisciplinary way and yeah. we started, and ended the volume not with methods but with questions so that we had as I said before we had these people from from different domains who had questions that they wanted to ask about environmental narratives um, and that those were kind of driving the use of the methods Um so I think that idea was kind of core to what we wanted to do I guess another thing that I think is quite important is that Actually, in the case studies, in some of the case studies, um, the methodological people, they had big ideas about what they could do. And then very often when they started working on the particular question, the corpus that they could find was, for example, much smaller than they'd hoped. And they ended up using often relatively simple methods to explore these questions. So. The, the, the key to working in this interdisciplinary way wasn't really the complexity of the methods. Often it was more about really thinking about how can we at all start to get to grips with these sorts of texts. So, um, this idea of uh, um Joe Taylor calls it multi scalar analysis, this idea of sw- walking well, between close reading and distant reading all the time and to do the close reading you need someone who knows about the domain who knows about the context of the text to work effectively and for me i think that's the word thing that computational methods on their own don't get you very far rather working with a strong team of people um with computational expertise and domain expertise is the thing where i think we can actually make progress
0: yeah yeah, that stood out to me definitely. That the yeah, the the I think that's something you emphasized throughout the book, right? The importance of domain expertise um, in coming up with the right questions and interpreting the findings. Um, could you maybe give uh, give us uh, um, a rough sense of how the volume is structured, and maybe um, maybe hint at maybe not all of the case studies, but but at least give the give listeners a sense of what um, what 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 they are about. Yeah. So.
1: Like I said um, before, so it kind of has the case studies as this sort of central core. Um, And then what we tried to do though was to have some introductory um, chapters, some introductory material that, on the one hand, introduced the problems and why this might be an interesting thing to work on. So, why should we use text at all as a source for exploring human environment interactions? what sort of questions there are, and then what sort of methods are available, and then at the end to kind of reflect on where we are. So um, one of the things that we did is uh, we have a chapter towards the beginning where we have little vignettes from different experts with different backgrounds about the sorts of questions that they ask of narratives in these in these different areas. So like I said, things like tourism, geography, or on environmental history, liter literature. Oh, we have a methods chapter where we try to go through examples of quite simple things. We also try to look at issues not just about like the the nuts and bolts of the methods, but also to think a bit about some of the things that I think we often don't think about so much. So, you know, how do you build a corpus at all? What about issues to do with cop? Copyright, what about issues to do with ethics and things like that, so that we kind of can encourage students when they're working on projects on their own to reflect on these issues. And then we kind of introduce fairly simple methods. So that already get you somewhere using worked examples. Um the the case studies, maybe I can um give a few examples. So for instance, there's um, one that looks at glacial narratives and how they appear in different languages um, and in different sorts of corpora. So, for instance, comparing a parliamentary corpus with a newspaper corpus. Um, there's a, a case study that looks effectively at gentrification um, in a particular place in the US. Um, there's these studies looking at different sorts of wildness, different ways of constructing narratives um, about landscape, often in Scotland, perhaps because of some of the people uh, that were there, so one looking more at the voices that we hear and how the voices, in terms of gender, influence the way that, uh, that people write, and then another looking um, at ideas about historical travel writing. So there's all these different sorts of ideas um, coming up, and then in these case studies, there's a bunch of different methods that are used. But I think the important thing is also kind of reflecting on what the results are actually. Out and in each of the domain experts tried to see something about okay, what do these results mean for us? Where does this actually get us?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. One thing that that stood out to me. Um, so, um, for example, in the in the case study on on glaciers, is that um, when often a lot of the scholarship can be in the at least the anglophone scholarship can be focused on um, strictly um, English language sources. Um, in that in that case, the the authors um, considered um, German sources as well. So it kind of struck me as interesting that there is a that the, the the yeah that, that, that this is work um, um, conducted on on sources in multiple languages. Um, could, could you maybe say something about that? Is that something that was um, important at all um, to 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 the volume? Um, a little bit kind of. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I guess so Emily Bender says, you
1: know, you, you should always um, stay in the language of the corpus you're using. And I think the only thing worse than everything being in English is um, when people write about corpora, they're in languages other than English and don't even mention it. Um, I live in Switzerland. Switzerland is a country that is multilingual in every sense. And Um, But we know in Switzerland that language really matters. It matters in terms of people's identity. It matters in terms of how they, for instance, were landscape. And so I think the idea that we move away from this sort of monolinguistic idea um, towards starting to look at difference, starting to look at what sort of interpretation come out. It's very, very important when we look at these sorts of problems. Um, so that's definitely the case. It's a good question. I guess the, the, the group of people that came to the workshop were international, um, and we deliberately, for instance, Ludovic Moncla, who came, um, from, from France has worked a lot on French texts. So we deliberately invited people with methodological skills, in in different languages as well so maybe maybe that was one of the one of the things that that led to that and um, but i yeah I, I i i think i agree with you i mean it for me it's very simple it's really important that we do this we can't assume all these different ways of looking at the world are language independent there's plenty of evidence that they're not
0: yeah yeah i mean i think that also connects um in interesting ways with with um, current discussions right around multilingual digital humanities and, uh, um, the dominance of England, of, of, English. So that's, that's great. That's great to see. Um, uh, one other thing that stands out with this volume is that it is available in, um, in open access. Um, could, could you say something about that decision to make this available in open access? And, um, I think there's also a, a GitHub repo.
1: Yeah. So, um, for me, from the very start, and for us as a team, it was important um, that what we did would be available. I mean, I think a sort of um, driving. So the the whole idea of the sort of things we're doing is is predicated on um, corpora being made available upon text being made available that we can actually analyze. And as academics, we're very demanding that these you know we we want things to be open, and then sometimes. We're a little bit agile about actually the products that we produce, making sure that they're open as well. And um, we've also done, in my group, we've done um, something called GeoGraph, that's a project in the UK where volunteers take pictures and describe pictures with text, and has more than six million pictures of text. We've done lots of research using that corpus um, because it's Creative Commons. And then I think it's really imperative that anything we publish is also made available in the same way. So that was kind of important to us from the start. That the book be open access, that we try and make all the code available um, as reproducible as it's blockable. That's always much more challenging than we sometimes pretend. Um and I I think that I hope that'll lead to more people reading it. I hope it'll particularly read it lead to be. More accessible for students because I think it's a really nice thing if, if students can pick a book like this and uh, learn something useful from it and maybe get some ideas. Maybe that's one other thing that's kind of worth seeing that the very last piece study in the book um, by T- Tobias Zuer, um is actually, uh, so which is about Frankenstein um, and yeah. looking at how, things that, how, how nature is representing Frankenstein. To be it was actually a student in a in a course that I teach on 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 text and geography, and his paper, his case study, is actually the basically an edited version of what he submitted as his coursework, um, oh, right. and um, it's also a very nice example because he was a, a a literature student who they took a course in geographic information science, so he he sort of had this interdisciplinary. Quality, and I think that's where I'm trying to get as well. You know, this idea that we we take different aspects of of our educations or people from different backgrounds and bring them together. This 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 song is pretty much always more than the the parts on their own. So yeah, that's maybe maybe a nice example of that idea. And of course. You know, if, if if we want students to be able to look at this book, then making it really available is the best way to do.
0: It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that makes that makes sense and it's great that you managed to yeah to include um um even even students in, in, the, in the project. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible.
1: Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com
0: slash wonder. So, um, I mean, what would you say, what is your, what, what, what advice would you give based on this to scholars who um, are interested in employing computational methods to explore um, textual environmental um, narratives themselves, and who maybe have done this so before. Found, yeah, so so I think, I I guess I already said it. Having
1: good questions and having good questions probably means speaking to people from a particular domain or looking at current debates. So, you know, if if we look at um, debates at the moment, there's a big debate about diverse and plural values of nature. Um, And there's a lot you can read around those debates about what that actually means and why it's important in terms of things like biodiversity and so on. Um, um, And I think by engaging with these debates and also by talking to scholars that are active in these areas is it opens up a different way of, of working. It gives us a chance of sort of answering different sorts of questions. In terms of methodologically, I think often actually taking a step back and thinking about not what's the newest, most complex method I could use to answer this question, but what's this relatively simple method that would already perhaps give me some insights is yeah. quite important. Um, and then I think at least I'm fairly sold on this idea of this sort of multiscalar approach, not really trying to, we can do these things um, purely computationally, and um, that we spend a lot of time. So I guess all those things for me, and I think for Olga and Ben were also quite important results.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that is definitely one of the, seemed to me like one of the key takeaways, right? Like this, this kind of um, avoiding the kind of computational enthusiasm for for complex com- for, for, for complex and novel methods and kind of really focusing on what what can an advance um argument and, and and questions based and and domain expertise so can I, can I ask you now that we've talked sorry yeah I, I I was just gonna say maybe maybe one other thing that's worth
1: mentioning there is I think that when we want to work in an interdisciplinary way, maybe with people who are not so familiar with computational methods, having methods that you can explain to the people you're working with is also really important. Um, yeah, and that that maybe is a, is an additional thing that I think helps because then you can actually have meaningful discussions about what the method means for the data if the people you're working with really understand more or less how the method actually operates. Sorry. Yeah. Interrupt.
0: No, no. I think that's. I mean, that's a super that 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 is that, that is a super important part. um so now that we've we've talked we've talked a lot about this um um about this volume i'm i'm curious to know um what what kind of work are you doing now what um what kind of uh, what kind of project is next is next for you are you building on on, on this work that that, that we presented in this in this volume or are you um are you working on uh, on new new or different endeavors
1: so um, and so, so you is always sounds a bit you plural um, so it's um, uh, myself and, and some of the others in my group um, and a lot of the work we are doing is concerned what ways we can extract from text information about landscape and about the ways in which landscapes are valued or um, the emotions people associate with landscapes or the senses they use to perceive landscapes. Um, so it very much follows on from, from a lot of the things that, that that we talked about in the book. I guess I'm I'm broadly interested in answering sort of geographically relevant questions using text. And you asked about language before. I'm interested in sort of a, the diverse ways of representing um and places. And I think text is a, a really powerful way of getting at that. So yeah, the work the work we're doing at the moment is very much a lot that builds from this. It's looking at um so for for example, we we're working on a paper looking at discourses about rewilding in um England, the Netherlands and the UK, looking at particular species in Dutch, German and English, and looking at how much language is controlling the discourse, how much place is controlling the discourse, and how much actually the species itself and the the rewilding process in these different countries is controlling the process. So I think that follows on quite well from the source now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one one thing that I I saw, I think, in the conclusion of the book was a mention of of, um, how it could be useful or interesting to develop new ways of visualizing this kind of evidence um and and working with um textual evidence could you say a little bit more about that um just yeah
1: yeah, so i work in a in a geography department and i teach geographic information science um so you know i i teach students how to how to make maps. um and, and we talk a lot about visualization um but i think visualization if, if if we look at where we are in visualizing the results of these sorts of methods, you know, we often end up at things like word clouds. We're not very far along the way. Um and that was also kind of apparent in the book. You know, we don't have really good ways of summarizing these very large corpora. One thing is certainly thinking about more more interactive approaches, but in general terms, I would say that the visualizations we have that there's there's a lot of scope to do more. Um and I would be super interested in methods that would would move us forward. I mean, again, we mentioned this multilingual thing, you know, that's a that's a really big challenge. How do we represent data in different languages so that it's actually accessible so people can get a sense of what's going on. So yeah, I think there's there's a lot to do there. Um but I I I don't think I'm the right person to say what. Well, um, I think people from the visualization community um, are. We need to get more involved um, on working on these sorts of problems.
0: Yeah, that sounds. That sounds. Um, yeah, that sounds. That sounds great. I mean, is there other other projects that you are? I don't know that you have seen, or that you um, that you, that you think kind of point in the right direction in that in that domain? That could be that could be interesting, or um, is this is this um, is this mostly open? Uh, open well. I guess there's lots of work in
1: information visualization on different ways of visualizing information and so on, but I think that in these, this sort of literature um, where text and doing I guess, you know, often these sort of digital humanities type things, I think often the visualizations that we're using are fairly rudimentary. I think let's, let's 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 put it this way: the visualizations that I use are very rudimentary, and I I think, um, in the same way that we've kind of built this bridge fairly successfully to people in with domain expertise, and we work with different people with computational methodological expertise. I do think we forget sometimes about the importance of presenting the results in useful ways. Um, and there's a big visualization community out there that could maybe help us to do that better.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds. Um, yeah, I think. But well, I think there's. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of interesting work to be done there. Well, maybe that is a. Maybe that's a. Maybe that's a good note to um, to close this. Um, to close this. Uh, this interview. Um, I'm here. So yeah, thanks a lot, Ross. That was um, that was really interesting. I hope that um, you get. Uh, Large readership for this volume, and that we, um, yeah, and that we, that we, and and, and look forward to seeing the the follow-on work and the projects that you're working on that you're working on now and in the future. Thanks a lot, with them. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank